Hello, we are up to Exodus chapter 18. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, how Yahweh had brought Israel out of Egypt. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, received Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her away, and her two sons. The name of one was Gershom, for Moses said, I have lived as a foreigner in a foreign land. The name of the other was Eleazar, for he said, My father's God was my help and delivered me from Pharaoh's sword. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with Moses' sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he was encamped at the mountain of God. He said to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, have come to you with your wife and her two sons with her. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed and kissed him. They asked each other of their welfare and they came into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law all that Yahweh had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardships that had come on them on the way and how Yahweh delivered them. Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which Yahweh had done to Israel in that he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Jethro said, Blessed be Yahweh who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh who has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all gods because of the way that they treated people arrogantly. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. On the next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from the morning to the evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that you do for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning to evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God, when they have a matter they come to me, and I judge between a man and his neighbour, and I make them known the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. You will surely wear away both you and this people that is with you, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to perform it yourself alone. Listen now to my voice, I will give you counsel, and God be with you. You represent the people before God and bring the causes to God. You shall teach them the statutes and the laws and shall show them the way in which they must walk and the work that they must do. Moreover, you shall provide out of all the people able men which fear God, men of truth, hating unjust gain, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, and rulers of fifties and tens. Let them judge the people at all times. It shall be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they shall judge themselves. So shall it be easier for you, and they shall share the load with you. If you will do this thing, and God commands you so, then you will be able to endure." And all these people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them the heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and tens. They judged the people at all times. 
They brought the hard cases to Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way into his own land. Um, Moses was in this area of the wilderness. Uh, that's how come Jethro was his father-in-law, because he had gone to that area and met Zipporah and gotten married and lived there and raised sheep. And this is the area where Moses had seen the burning bush. So he, he's come back to where he started from and back he's brought with him all the Israelites. And um, so we're back to the starting place, but now there's two million of them. And Moses, he some people think he was divorced. <laughs> um, there's a lot of conjecture about Moses' marriage situation. And... Um, some people think, because it's said there in that passage that he had sent his wife away, but his father-in-law had come and brought his wife and said, here she is with her sons. And they think it sounds like it's all, you know, didn't work out for him. Uh, I just think they're reading too much into it. I just think Moses knew it was going to be tricky in Egypt, so he sent his wife to somewhere that would be safe. If you think about Moses, he didn't even want to go to Egypt himself. He was paranoid. <laughs> he came up with like five or six excuses as to why he didn't want to go. God made him go, so he sent his wife away. And I, I think that's what, if you are a worried man, you would do the same thing. And I think finally he's gotten back to the area where he grew up, where, you know, he didn't grow up as a young, young man, but, you know, he spent his whole middle age of 40 years there and his father-in-law, they live in the area and his father-in-law has heard he's back and brings his wife and sons to him. And so I think there's just nothing nothing weird going on here. And um, But the interesting thing about Moses' father-in-law is it says he's a priest of Midian. And if you um, Google Midian and find out that they were worshipping other gods, they were worshipping different, you know, their religion was nothing like the worship of Yahweh. And so his father-in-law is a practitioner of false religion. And um, I guess all the way through the desert, you know, every tribe had their own tribal gods or their own desert gods or, or whatever. Moses is unique in that he's come from Israel and he's the worshipper of one God. And, um, but having said that, he didn't change his family's opinion. And um, a lot of these tribes, they were also um, what they call henotheists, which means they believed in many gods, but they only chose to worship one. Whereas Moses, now he's a genuine monotheist. He's just worshiping the one God and he believed the others were not gods at all. So, so Jethro comes, brings Moses' wife, um, and they're recounting all the things that, that God has done. And then Jethro makes these interesting comments and he, he thanks God. He, he, he praises Yahweh for what he's done and says, now I know that there is no other God like Yahweh. And it, the, whole, uh, the whole context of it just sounds like he's been wondering about this for a long time. In other words, Moses and him have had discussions in the past. They've talked about Yahweh. Um, and he obviously knows that Yahweh has told Moses to go to Egypt. And so there's this whole thing. And now he says, now I know. And he... Next thing, he's offering sacrifices to God. And so I think what we've got here is a conversion. <laughs> Someone's heard the good news and they've given their heart to the Lord. And I think it's great. 
And that was the whole thing about the Exodus story, was that the Israelites themselves knew that they were descendants of Abraham, but they didn't really know God. So God was revealing himself to his own people, but God was also revealing himself to all the Egyptians and showing them that their gods were not even real, and a lot of Egyptians converted. So in this whole Exodus story, we've seen a lot of people converted, a lot of people come to know the Lord, and now, not just Egyptians and Israelites, but also this priest of Midian, he's converted as well. And so, uh, and then of course the chapter finishes with him giving some good advice to Moses saying, you can't do everything, <laughs> you're gonna wear yourself out. Moses is trying to be the leader and also be the judge of two million people. Every little squabble and dispute, he's trying to sort it all, can't be done. And um, we know how you know pastors get burned out just trying to run small churches because they're trying to do so much. And here's Moses trying to look after a huge, a whole nation, couldn't be done. And so his father-in-law has great advice and it's great advice for all of us. A long time ago, there was this um, missionary by the name of David Brainerd and a very famous missionary to the Indians of North America. And he died at the age of about 30 or maybe 32. And he died from wearing himself out in ministry. But he was an unusual character because he, he, he basically prayed these Indians into the kingdom of God. He would go out into the forest in the middle of the night and he would he'd get in, crawl inside a hollow log and pray and um, it, it pray them into the kingdom of God. And he was so successful at winging Indians for Christ, but then he died at the age of 32 because he wore himself out. And I remember my father, John Alley, saying about that. He said, if only he had paced himself he could have been more effective for a long time. And that's, that's the advice that was given to Moses. You know, pace yourself, find other people. And, um, and Jethro says to him, you need to focus on just making God known to people. And that's really the job of pastors. It's to teach, it's to teach and instruct and to pray. Or in other words, pastors should be devoted with prayer and preaching. And a lot of administration, if possible, of a lot of the organization, if possible, should be done by others. If there's no um, employees, then volunteers. And you know, the people of God are capable of taking on some of these roles. But even in our own lives, if you're not a pastor, we have to be make sure we're not wearing ourselves out. So I think in this chapter, what do we learn? We learn that, well, Moses wasn't divorced. No, he was just being a good husband and <laughs> being taking care of his family. We learn that we shouldn't try to do everything, but we should just do the things that God's called us to do. And we finally learn the biggest thing of all, we shouldn't hold back our testimony. You know, Moses shared everything that God had done with Jethro, and Jethro was convinced and was saved. And as Christians, we God's done things for us too, and we shouldn't hold back our testimony. If, if our lives have been touched by God, we should share those things with others because they may also come to know the Lord the same as we do too. So Lord, help us to be a good witness for Christ. I pray that you give us the power to, to be witnesses. Give us the grace to be witnesses, and I pray you empower our witness so that when other people hear it, they are touched and changed, just as in this chapter Jethro was. So Lord, bless your people today. Give us this grace. In Jesus' name, amen.